Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we share ideas for action and some tools to try out that we hope will help you navigate your squiggly career with a bit more confidence, clarity and control. And this week we are taking on the topic of career cushioning. But what does it mean, Sarah? Well, career cushioning is one of those phrases that have emerged a bit like quiet quitting. So there's lots of articles about it. And Helen and I even had a debate before this conversation. We were like, we don't want to get drawn into kind of career fads. We don't want to be like fash fashion for careers. (laughs) But I do think career cushioning, because people will be seeing it around, I want to make sure that people are clear about what it means and why it's useful, but also what it's not. Because I do think career cushioning in lots of ways is sensible. Career cushioning in summary is keeping your options open. It's recognising that your current job won't be your last job. And it's being proactive and almost taking this create not wait attitude when it comes to increasing your career resilience. So I think this is always important. But I do think the reason that career cushioning is sort of having a mini moment, if you want to describe it like that, is that when there are tough times, you know, in the environment or economically, when recessions are happening or coming our way, the likelihood of those uncertain, unexpected, naughty moments in our squiggly careers coming our way does, of course, increase. So whether that looks like job changes or restructures or redundancies or, you know, maybe your manager leaving, those sorts of things where we sort of we don't know they're happening until they happen. And so they are outside of our control and they can feel quite daunting when they kind of do come our way. If you spend some time, if you take some action to sort of cushion your career, it often means that is in your control. So you've sort of been proactive. And I think the more I've thought about this and when we've been developing some ideas for action that we're going to talk to you about today, there is no sunk cost when it comes to increasing your career resilience because this can only ever be a good thing. So, you know, hopefully none of those naughty moments do come your way. But, you know, if they do, you'll be better prepared. And if they don't, maybe you'll just increase your opportunity. So I I do think the things that we're going to talk about today all feel like something we should all be doing, even if you're in sort of the safest job that you don't ever think will change. Also, I think, credit to the lovely listeners, I think that taking time out of a busy working week to listen to the Squiggly Careers podcast is also... It is career cushioning. It is career cushioning. it is. Like, you're kind of, you're thinking about yourself and your, your, you know, your development and hopefully taking a bit of action with it. And that in of itself is how you will 
you know, become more resilient in all of the, the squiggly stuff that's happening around you. So we're going to give you some more ideas for action because that's what the podcast is all about. But you're already doing one. So I think just probably give yourself a little bit of credit. You're definitely not starting from scratch because you've taken the time to listen to this today. Also, probably just worth spending a brief moment on what it's not. So it is not about giving up on your current role or, you know, jumping to something else because you think the grass is greener. This is about considering yourself and how you can be resilient and what you might need to do differently with your development. But it's not, you know, leaping into a new job every six months. It's also not about searching for new jobs. This whole idea that it's always about looking for new jobs, um, starting or exploring them. That's not what we're talking about. This is more about exploring you and what you can do and where you could go than sort of looking at other jobs or applying for other jobs. So I think just think about this very much you, you and your skill set, you and your development and you being proactive with it rather than reactive to stuff that might be happening around you. And I do think being realistic there are moments where we are all a bit more committed to our career development. And that might be because we want to make a career change. That might be because of progression, or it might be because you can anticipate, you sort of have a sense that some changes might be coming your way. And that has definitely happened to me in my career a few times where I've been really enjoying the role that I was doing, the organization that I was in. I was really motivated. I didn't necessarily want those things to change, But you could sort of sense that, you know, maybe something, you know, whether it's just in terms of how your organization is performing or, you know, you can just read the signs sometimes that you think, I don't know what that's going to look like, but actually this feels like this would be a good moment to sort of overcommit to my career development. And hey, some of those things might never happen, but there's no point spending time worrying about all of those things that, you know, could, might or might not happen, but much better to just invest your energy and effort sort of on you, that thing that you can always control. So we're going to talk about three actions for how you can cushion your career with a sneaky extra action at the end (laughs) that Helen and I talked about. Do we leave in? Do we take out? But we're just going to a a prompt, I think a nice nudge at the end. And we've also got a couple of really useful resources as we go through that we're going to link to in our free toolkit. So they're there when you need them. So idea for action number one is all about your career conversations and Career conversations are really useful for you to get more data about your development, data about people's jobs, what's a day in the life look like, or the skills they might need, or how they squiggled their way there. Each of those different interactions will give you some more insight that can inform you and your development. The point we really want to make here with your career conversations is that you're really proactive about them. So one of the things that we notice is that when people decide they want to do something different, they suddenly start to think about career conversations. But we want you to have regular career conversations regardless of really what you're doing because you're never not needing data for your development. It's never not useful to get insight from somebody else. So think about how regularly are you having these discussions about your development with different people and that regularity and the difference is really really important so another trap that we see people fall into is they have a conversation with their manager and no one else and whilst your manager can offer quite a lot of that insight they are not the guru of good advice so make sure that you're thinking about different people that you can have that conversation with and the other trap that we see people sometimes fall into is the nice chat trap, which <laughs> is, let's imagine I see Sarah and I think, oh, I'd love to find out how Sarah got to run her own business. And so I you know, have a nice chat with Sarah and then I go away from that. 
it's really hard to think, well, what would you do differently because of it? And so one of the things that I always try to do when I've had some kind of career conversation with somebody is to do, I write down my reflections at the end. And I try to do it in almost like three statements to summarize what they said and what was sort of meaningful to me. And I find it quite helpful to send that back to the person as well. There's a there's a sense of sort of commitment in me having to do that, that I find really useful and it creates clarity for myself. And I also think it, it's sort of useful for the other person to know that that was an informative conversation they had with me. And I think there are two types of career conversations for you to consider. So I think there are the career conversations that are about you and your career. And for that, we have a career canvas framework for you. So this is on our free toolkit. We'll link to this, but it's just on our website, amazingif.com. Look for the free toolkit. And in the career canvas, we have suggested areas that you might want to talk about in a career conversation. So things like your strengths, your career community, your progression possibilities. And we've given you three coach yourself questions for each area of the canvas. So that would be like me having a conversation with Helen as my co-founder, And perhaps I'm talking about my values or about how I increase my network. So it's very much about kind of me and my career. So hopefully we've given you a tool there that will help you to get started with those. So those might be conversations with managers or mentors, probably people who are relatively close to you. Then I think the other type of career conversations is where it's maybe less about you and your discovering and finding out more about somebody else's career. So kind of the emphasis is more on you asking really good questions to get a window into their world. These are kind of the curious career conversations. And I think when you're thinking about career cushioning, you want to be doing both of those different kinds of conversations because I think they have a different objective and a different purpose. I think they both give you data for your development, but quite different sorts of data. Because one is more sort of starting from you, like how you might make a strength stronger or how you might explore transferring your talents in an organisation. That's quite a different conversation to me chatting to Helen to understand what it's like to run her own company and how did that start and how did she make that transition from a very big organisation to a very small one. So just think about both of those kinds of career conversations and really kind of take ownership for you know, the frequency, they can be really informal. You don't have to wait for the next time your organisation says you should be having a career conversation. I would be setting myself a goal of thinking, okay, well, maybe I want to have one career conversation every month and maybe I that's interchangeable. I swap between one that's more about me and one that's maybe learning more about somebody else's career. So our second idea for action is all about your skills and it's to further you and future-proof you. And these are two different things that you can do with your skills to support you with a bit of career cushioning. So Sarah and I maybe take this in turns to talk them through. Do you want to go further you first? Yeah, the reason we've divided them up in this way is we both came up with different ideas. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a cop-out. Yeah, like, so we, we, we were like... We disagree with each other, we'll keep both yeah. of them in. <laughs> so I'd gone with Further You and Helen had gone with Future Proof You. So basically we've got two things in one here, which we decided they were both useful. <laughs> so Further You is about setting a learning goal that relates to one of your existing transferable talents and you consider how can you make that talent even better so this is a strength that you've got that you want to make stronger that particularly relates probably more to how you do your job rather than what you do in your job so so often we can't help but see our current role in terms of you know what we do and how we do it And often it's quite helpful to just think about, well, what are your hows that you can imagine using elsewhere? And a really good question here that might just help you to get to some of the answers to this is, imagine you were coming to work for Amazing If on Monday 
you probably, some of you might be an expert in career development, but imagine that you're not. Imagine that you've not run a company before and you're suddenly coming to work with Helen and I. What are all the hows that you would bring with you? Maybe you're an amazing problem solver. We interviewed somebody recently who I just, I got so much confidence that she could solve knotty problems. She just described to me so many different examples and situations where she could take something that was quite complicated, that sort of needed sorting, that probably people had shied away from. And you could tell that she could just do that brilliantly. So that's a really good example of a transferable talent that she's already got. And she could think about, well, how do I accelerate that even more? Maybe that's about the range of situations where I use that talent. Like, can I use it in lots of different ways? Maybe that's about finding out who is incredible at that. We sometimes call them the kind of those go-to gurus. Like, who am I learning from in that area? Who could make me even better at that thing that I'm already really good at? So, Helen, if you were thinking about one of your transferable talents, mm-hmm. let's imagine Amazing If dies tomorrow. That's bleak, isn't it? That's pretty bleak, um, but keep going. <laughs> it might get and better. You've, uh, you've, um, or, you, or you can see it coming. Like, that's, even, that's probably even more bleak. You're like, right. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> it's it's going it's to go down the drain in the next six months. I'm going to have to get another job. Totally get it. Which of your... <laughs> I like the nervous laughter that we both have there. Which of your <laughs> transferable talents are you over-investing because you're thinking... Yeah, do you know what? It's not going to be an amazing if, so I'm going to have to go and get a job. Oh my god! <laughs> like, what are you taking with you? What would what would you set a learning goal around? Ooh, I would probably something around relationship building and like prototyping. If I could combine those two, but like, I'm going to build a relationship with you. I've taken an idea and I've got a proposal. Like, you know, those two those two things, like people and proposals. I think I'm probably quite good at, and I could apply that to loads of different industries and issues and so just thinking about what you know who are five people and what are five proposals that I could kind of kind of put together that I think I could create myself some some new opportunities through that so I'll be fine I'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) oh I decided I definitely wouldn't be fine I was like oh my god I think I'm basically unemployable like what what has happened and then I start because actually I do think um this is not true everyone this is not true she's very employable just don't employ her because she's mine I'm territorial but I don't think this is that easy you know sometimes to kind of you know almost take yourself away from where you are today confidence is is the root it's quite a tricky thing you've got to have the awareness of your skills and be confident enough to think about them and I think the only reason I can do that is because I've had a lot of feedback and I've thought about it quite a lot because it's how I can add value. But if if you haven't done that and so you can't do it as quickly or as confidently as I've done, that doesn't mean you've not got the transferable talents. It might mean you just need a bit more time to reflect on it. And it also might be worth getting some feedback into what other people think you do mm. well if you can't see it for yourself. Well, actually, thinking about this, because uh, we, surprisingly, we do actually really prepare for these podcasts sometimes. Well, this so this one, I was thinking, okay, so... The thing that I would do or I'd be offering to other organisations when Amazing If goes down the drain would definitely <laughs> <Not> be... <when>. if. <laughs> Sorry, if, if, amazing, <laughs> if Amazing If goes down the drain was I was like, okay, I am great at creating. I am a really good blank piece of paper. We need to, you know, we need to build something from scratch. We need to create something or maybe we need to change something kind of quite dramatically. And so actually then I was, I was reading a really interesting article about that that I was just going to read anyway. And the author of this article then talked a bit about how if you're sort of a continual learner and creator, how much you can benefit from knowing more about Agile. And Agile is something that I've, you know, almost seen from a distance. I've worked alongside some people who sort of understand Agile properly. You know, they've sort of almost done some more of the training in it. 
And I was thinking that's not a world I've ever spent time in, but a few people in the past have signaled to me, oh, that idea for action you've just come up with, that could have come from the agile world. And I think I just sort of nod along and go, oh, okay, great. And I'm sort of glad you've been able to connect those dots. So I was like, that's what I would do. I would set, and I think I was like, maybe that is what I'll do. So just in case, you know, amazing if it doesn't go well, <laughs> I could be like, oh, and then I've spent some time like really, you know, almost like deeply learning about agile because I think it's very connected to one of my transferable talents. And I was like, oh, that'd make me even more employable. So then I felt a bit better about it. I was like, oh, I feel quite good about it now if it all goes a bit wrong. I'm I'm glad you're investing in your career cushioning. I think that, I that, am. that, that, I'm that is something it. we should all do. But I also hope that amazing if stays in a strong a strong place. Imagine the podcast episode, how bleak that would be. So moving swiftly on to the second part of this, which is the future proofing you. So Sarah's talked through how you further you with your skills. The future proofing one is simply about looking at the skills that are becoming increasingly important for everyone. And luckily for us, there are lots of organizations that determine what these skills skills are I mean you can google them like what are the future skills that I need and look for a credible source we have looked at the World Economic Forum who have got a list of the skills that they think are most important by 2025 they include things like analytical thinking active learning complex problem solving critical thinking we'll put all these by the way in the pod sheet so that you can see them but they are the skills that they are signposting that are going to be important for everyone in the not too near future and so what you really want to do here is almost look at that list of skills and I would almost score them and think high medium low what do I think my current competency is and then it's where you've got gaps that you might want to grow them might is important because, for example, on the World Economic Forum list, one of them is technology design and programming. And you might score yourself low on that, but that might be not a priority for you to grow. Again, these are all choices that you make about your development. You can just use this as a, a kind of input, really, into what you might want to prioritise. But when I look at the list, I think, oh, creativity, originality and initiative. That's something on there. And I think I might do that in an ad hoc way. But is that a skill that I could future proof further? Could I kind of invest? invest in it? Are there some things I could read, some things I could watch, some deeper ways that I could invest in that for my development so that it is a a skill that I can use to self-support myself? And that's what you're really trying to do here. All it is is a list for you to look through and prioritise in terms of the skills that are important to everyone in the not too near future. And I do think caveat these lists are they're sort of macro skills so when you look at it I think it can feel a bit daunting or overwhelming because you know like one of them just says leadership and social influence and you're like right wow that's a kind of that's a big area I would sort of use it as a starting point as Helena has described and then almost connect the dots with your future possibilities with the things that you're interested in doing in your squiggly career and so exactly as Helen's then done is she's sort of gone oh, well, creativity, originality and initiative feels useful and relevant for me and it feels useful and relevant to future-proof me. If you can connect those two things, I think it gives you a really good starting point and then you can sort of ask yourself the so what. So what does that mean in terms of what I'm learning, how I spend my time, who I'm spending my time with? And in January, we're actually going to use this list to do a special series on some sort of future skills. So critical thinking, originality and learning strategies, maybe one more. We're going to do specific podcast episodes on. Helen and I are both sort of, as we speak, beginning to read the books that are relevant for those skills. So a bit like we did in the summer series, we're both going to read a book about the topic, so critical thinking, and then we're going to come to the podcast having read the book, what have we learned, how has it helped us? So hopefully we will also help you a bit with that future proofing come January. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So our third idea for action is about increasing the strength of your career community. And when we often think about career communities, the simplest starting place for this is to think about some distinct roles and the different things they can offer you. So for example, four distinct roles, a mentor. So that's somebody who is there to give you advice. You benefit from their wisdom because they've done some things that you might want to do and they offer that advice freely to you don't always have to take it but they're quite helpful to have sponsors that's the second role that's really important in your career community so these are people i always think of them they've got access and influence into an area that's interesting for your development and what's really useful about a sponsor is they're willing to advocate for you so that area that you might not have access to they can open a door for your development and they want to do it for you because they're advocating you The third role is a peer, often one that I think people don't prioritise because they just assume that they've got these relationships. But actually, if, if you actively manage your peer relationships, it can be very powerful for your career because what peers can do is accelerate your growth. Because if you think about the mentor, that's someone who's done something you want to do. A peer is someone who's going through what you're going through, whether that's something you're experiencing in in your company or the stage you are in your career or something you're, you know, maybe you're doing a side project at the same time and, and they are too. They're really helpful for navigating through knotty moments and accelerating your learning. Sarah has been amazing at being a peer for me in my career. And the fourth role that's distinct is a coach. And so a coach is somebody who is much more in asking mode. They unlock your thinking. And we've talked about this a little bit before that you don't always have to have sort of qualified coach status to be one of those people that can unlock your thinking. So in your career community, if you know one of those people that are really good at asking you questions that force you to think a bit differently, they can often play that role of a coach 
coach for you. So before we get into some other ideas for action to help you increase the strength of your career community, a really good starting place is to think about mentors, sponsors, peers and coaches and think where would you put a tick against those in terms of where you've got strong relationships at the moment and where might you put up a bit of a question mark because there's a bit of a gap. And gaps are fine, they're just areas for us to sort of go after. So the first idea for action is almost anticipating a potential knotty moment in your squiggly career and thinking who would be on my support speed dial now I know speed dial doesn't exist anymore and it's a very (laughs) 90s reference but it sort of works I, I think in my head as sort of a way of imagining what I'm trying to achieve because I think if the answer to that is no one you might I hope you everybody would have friends and family but if you're thinking just in a work context who are those support speed dial where let's say something completely unexpected happens on a day, like who are the three, four, five people that you're sending an email to going, oh, have you got 15 minutes for a chat? Or that you could literally just call up out the blue and you know that they would prioritise and take your call. And when we sometimes ask a question along these lines in workshops, and I have noticed that sometimes people say, oh, I really feel like that's a gap that I've got. I sort of don't have people on that support speed dial. So if you're thinking about career cushioning, you want to be able to name those three to five people. So it might be a place that you can name those people, but perhaps you want to increase your closeness to that people. Perhaps you need to reconnect with them. You've just not chatted to them for a while. You want to say thank you for the impact that they've made in your career so far. So if you've got people already, you might want to consider closeness. Like, am I spending enough time with them? Would now be a good time to increase how much I speak to those people or how often I spend time with them again it can be super informal it can be quick 15 minute chats you know we don't need to make a kind of big deal of it but keep your support speed dial close though keep those people close if you've already got them if you haven't got anyone you might just want to think about well where could I go and spend time that is a naturally supportive place to hang out and so there are things like open mentoring programs that anyone can join. There are often things across industries or across your kind of area of expertise where they're sort of, they're designed to support you to succeed. For example, one of the things that I do as part of a community that I'm part of, I do something called a coffee roulette where you just put your name in and it pops up that you're going to meet with somebody. Now, those people are not necessarily going to be my support speed dial from day one because I'm meeting them for the first time. I do know that I've got something in common with all of those people in that they are all running their own companies. So they sort of have the potential to be on my support speed dial. And even last week, I spoke to a guy who has probably been running companies for most of his career, I would guess, from listening to him. And he's a good, I don't know, 10 or 15 years further into his career than me in terms of how long he's been working for. And even just one conversation with him, I was thinking, do you know what? He's not a million miles away from someone I now feel confident enough giving a quick call to you know, in that moment when amazing if goes down the drain. <laughs> Just to come back to that for a second. Are you all right? Do we need to talk about the future <laughs> of our business? No, but I'm trying to do career cushioning and trying to think about it realistically. <laughs> and so if I felt like I was, you know, like struggling, I sort of feel like he's seen businesses come and go and he's found his way through those knotty moments. And quite a few people on my support speed dial haven't had that experience. So that felt like a useful connection to make. So spending time in places and with people where you think you've got something in common with them already and also it's just intended to be supportive I think is a really good place to start if you're sort of you feel a bit like you're starting from scratch yeah I agree I was trying to think about communities that I'm part of that are very like that and they feel like 
a really safe place to spend time. Mm. It really, like, yeah. it's, it's not like, yeah. And, and yeah, safe is a good pressure. word. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I could definitely think of a community where I just think, oh, it's very comfortable. And the more that you go, the more that you get from it, I would say as well, because those relationships benefit from being w- with each other regularly because you sort of know more about what's going on in each other's lives. Second idea for action on increasing the strength in your career community is to connect with communities. So there are often pre-existing communities that exist around professions or passions. So let's say one of my passions is writing. There will be groups of people that like, you know, writing or poetry. Like, for example, I've, I've had a look actually because I really like poetry. I've had a look at some communities that exist. I haven't, I'm not confident enough to join them yet. But, oh, um, you should. I, I know, I, I know. Also, like just fitting stuff in. But um, maybe one for next year. But also the professional ones that exist as well. So, for example, I think I associate more with marketing communities or or maybe I'm just more confident about them because I've been to them for a while but I'm still connected to quite a lot of them from sort of a prior squiggly career phase that I was in and they are so amazing for me to spend time in because I always find that 50% of the people in those communities if you've been part of them for a while you kind of know which is nice but then 50% I've never met before and you have these different conversations and you find out more about people's worlds and last week for example I spent time with three different communities one was the Chartered Management Institute one was Marketing Society and one was a community that I'm part of called Cabal and in each of those communities something has happened as a result of me spending time in them I'm going for a lunch with someone in January I'm supporting somebody's squiggly career skills for their company and somebody else has come to me with an opportunity that I'm going to explore and they are I don't know what those things will do they might just be nice ways of me helping people but they're all ways in which I can help my career cushioning because it just sort of takes me to a different place than I was before I went to those particular communities last week. And if that does feel hard for you, because I appreciate listening to an extrovert say she's been to three different communities in one week. It was a pretty big week. (laughs) Even even Helen said it was like it was a lot in one week. They just happened to all be in one week. But next week on the podcast, we've got an Ask the Expert with a lady called Sharmadine Reed. And Sharmadine is the founder of a company called Stackworld. And Stackworld is all about creating community like bringing people together and having very recently had that conversation with her she is so great on the difference between community and network and how to go about it and what it looks like and just how important it is for your career and so if this idea for action feels like the one for you the one you really want to dive a bit deeper into and make some progress on also definitely make sure you you listen to that episode with Sharmadine because she just has Firstly, she is brilliant and shares some great stories and sort of has lived and breathed everything that she talks about herself. So she's just fascinating herself. Her own squiggly career story is fascinating, but she's also got some really good practical advice. So maybe I'll just summarise those three areas that we talked about to help you with your career cushioning and then Sarah will do our final nice nudge. So the first thing we talked about was all about career conversations, making sure you're having them with more than one person. Don't forget to look up our career canvas on our website as well if that could be helpful. The second one was about skills furthering you and future-proofing you. And the third one we just talked about was about increasing the strength of your career community. And our nice nudge, just to just to add it in. And we have done it in other podcasts. So we're a bit like, we're always trying to make sure we've got lots of 
newness every time we talk to you is just make sure your LinkedIn profile is is in good shape. So, you know, get those recommendations, make sure your summary looks good, sort yourself out with a banner. We've talked about it before. We've got other episodes on LinkedIn specifically, and it doesn't have to be your LinkedIn. I appreciate for some people listening, maybe it's your website. Maybe you happen to use your Instagram for work or it's your dots profile. But in those knotty moments, I think if you've got this career cushion of you are showing up externally in a way that you feel good about, I always think a good coach self question is, you know, if someone's introduction to me was looking at my LinkedIn profile, what would their impression be? If you feel like kind of LinkedIn is the right place for your profession, which for lots of people listening, I know it will be. So I always like to imagine if that's the first time someone found me, like what would they think? Would it help to attract interesting opportunities and possibilities and learning kind of towards me because again it's just about career cushioning it's just putting yourself in a really good position and being proactive reminding like keeping your options open and you're limiting your options if you're not in the kind of right places where people can find you and come to you with like oh I've noticed you're really interested in this have you ever considered or there's this community that you could join it goes way beyond applying for jobs I think it also just helps you to learn to grow to connect with people and again you know that could be in lots of different ways but whatever that looks like for you just sort of don't forget that too I suppose it's how can my LinkedIn profile be a better magnet for me is yeah. the, the question yeah. just to have a think about so hopefully you found that useful. Do not forget everyone that it's all summarised in the pod sheet. So that is a one page downloadable like form tool. I don't know, PDF that you can fill in. But basically it's the practical thing that you can do after today to help your learning last longer. We know lots of people that use that with mentors, that use it with teams, even coaches that use it with people. It's there for you. And we will link to it on the pod sheet notes. So if you're on Apple, that's always the easiest one to find it. But if you're ever like, where is this stuff? Go to our website, amazingif.com and if you go on the podcast page and click on this episode you'll be able to find it and if you ever can't just email us if that's easier we're helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com so i hope that's been helpful and as we said at the start i think it is a smart thing for all of us to do to spend a bit of time doing career cushioning if you've got any other ideas or topics that you'd really like us to cover please get in touch at any time we're helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com but that's everything for this week thank you so much for listening i'm back with you again soon Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.